Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. We know that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. The renewing of your mind, the way that you think, causes you to experience transformation. What you think about will manifest in this world. I'm not talking about some kind of mystical mind over matter type thing. I just mean the world is designed to work by seed time and harvest rather than cause and effect. In other words, the seeds are in your heart. They're in your mind. And as you let that stuff grow, that's what's going to narrow your field of vision. That's what's going to fuel your expectations. So in other words, seeds could be worry. They can be fear. They can be healing. They can be provision from God. They can be all those different things. And whichever one you nurture is going to grow in your life and you will eat that fruit one way or the other. We pretty much get what we expect in this life. So why not expect that we get what Jesus has? So that we can reflect His goodness into this world and, and glorify Him. That's, why, that's what we want. We want to glorify Him. So transformation is not changing from one thing into another. Transformation is birthing and, and, and growing outwardly what's already in you. You know, a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly, the wings are already in it. It's just in a particular state, but that thing grows and becomes those. And you know what a caterpillar does to become a butterfly? Struggle to get out. It, it, it takes a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and then it does work it out. Yeah. But the transformation happens as it's resting, yeah. as it's sleeping. That's what he says. He says he casts seed in the ground. He doesn't know how it happens. He sleeps. He wakes up and the fruit bears after its own kind. The seed bears after its own kind. And the struggle to break out of that cocoon is the last step. The struggle is where most of us are. The struggle to break out of that cocoon and stretch those wings out is where most of us are because, man, we know. We've got the Bible. We can go and read it. You can go to the website anywhere you know, we've got so much that reminds us who God is and what He's promised us. And, so much, and we've prayed for it and we've started to repent and change our minds to actually believe the truth and expect the promises to manifest in our lives. And I'm telling you, your, I hate to even say it this way, but breakthrough or manifestation of experiencing the final step is about as thin as a cocoon. And, and, and breaking out of that is just you remaining patient and faithful toward God in the process. But the reason we don't remain patient is because we got all this stuff going on around in our hearts that we don't ever deal with. So today, and I said it, uh, I'm going to keep saying it, but today say, I'm going to deal with my stuff. I'm going to deal with my stuff. You ready? Because yes. <laughs> it's your stuff that is keeping you from experiencing what God has promised to you. All those words that you've gotten, all those promises that you've tried to stand on, you know, all that stuff, the worries have suppressed it. The worry and the fear has gotten on top of your wings that are ready to stretch.
Now, I'm not saying God's getting ready to make your breakthrough happen. I'm not saying that God's getting ready to do anything. The only thing He's getting ready to do is remind you of what He's already done in Jesus. So, this dealing with our stuff thing is, you know, I had some stuff prepared, but it just didn't make sense. And I knew that let's just go toward this one idea. We might even end up early, but trust me, it'll be powerful for you. Because I want to give you an exercise. Here's, here's the exercise. And, and God led me to do it this week. And it was basically, I jumped in the car to head home, and I reached for the radio, and I just felt impressed. No, leave it off. Just leave it off and drive home in silence. And so I started to pray in tongues, and it was like, nope, don't do that. Just felt, just sit and drive. And notice. So the next thing I notice is, all right, the feelings start coming up. It's like, okay, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling that? What's the truth in this situation? What is God's truth in this situation? And can I focus on the truth of God to the degree that that's what I begin to feel rather than the other thing that I was feeling? See, because faith is the evidence Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith means to think to be true. This is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith means to think to be true. So when you think to be true the promises of God, that is the substance of what you're hoping for. See, the substance of what we're hoping for, we think comes in, I've got to go to church enough times. I've got to give the right amount of money. I've got to stay out of sin long enough. I've, something external we think is the substance of what we're hoping for. When really, thinking to be true God's promises is the substance. Again, it goes back to this idea of we're, we're, we're cause and effect thinkers thinking that this has to happen so that God can do this and then He can give me this because I'm in lack rather than this thing's already within me and all I need to do is let it yield, let it birth, right? The seed is in there. It's just spiritual and we want to let it grow. Say, so I'm going to let it grow. I'm going to deal with my stuff. No, you got to say that. I'm going to deal with my stuff. You got to say it. Okay, good. <laughs> now, here's what we're going to do this week. I don't care however, whatever it looks. There. Now, there's nothing magic in the method, okay? This is just an exercise that we're going to do. It's going to put your heart in a place where you start realizing, oh, man, I didn't know I was feeling that. You're going to notice what you're feeling. You're going to notice what you've been aware of, and you're going to realize, wow, this is something I've been dealing with my entire life. I thought I was done with that. Or you're going to finally take the time to face it. Now, I'm not talking about an action or a specific thing, per se, but just those abiding feelings that you have deep down in there. You're going to let them rise up so that you can process them, replace them with God's truth, and then that become your expectation. Because you're getting what you expect right now. It's just that you've got fear and worry wrapped up around it, so it's convoluting what you're getting. See, when you have worry, that narrows down. It, it, it actually changes your, your body chemistry it affects your brain to the degree that whatever it is that's causing the worry, that's what you see. That's what you recognize. That's your filter. Whatever feelings and emotions you have 
Those are the filters that will limit the options that you're seeing in this world. And even what you think God is doing or not doing in this world. What you are feeling is going to dictate what you observe and think is possible. Now, I'm not just trying to give you a bunch of psychobabble. I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to help you get to a state where you experience transformation. Don't you want to change? It doesn't happen by your efforts. It happens by grace through faith. But you have to get your heart in a, in a place where you can stop hindering the process, where you can let God transform you. How many of you tried to change stuff? It you know, sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, usually, you, you change to the degree that you have the energy to put forth effort. But what I'm talking about is a transformation where all of a sudden one day you realize, I don't really want that sin that so easily beset me anymore. I, you know, I want us to get past the idea of thinking that we have to fight and conquer temptation to where you're not even tempted anymore. That, there's nothing in you any longer that causes you to gravitate toward that anger, toward that worry, toward that fear, toward that website, toward that whatever. Pleasing other people. I mean, you, probably, you got 50 of them on your list. <laughs> Counselors like, can I speak up? So we're going to take this week and get quiet. Now, about 30 minutes before you go to sleep and about 30 minutes after you wake up, your brain starts to slow down and it goes into the alpha state and then a deeper state where your brain, you stop processing things intellectually and you start processing things emotionally. And you start processing what's in your subconscious, you start processing what's in your heart. Now, a lot of us fall asleep with that TV on, don't we? I'm not asking you to raise your hand. <laughs> Don't. But a lot of people do that. They fall asleep. It's like they can't fall asleep unless they have the TV on because they, they don't want to deal with all those thoughts going on around in their head. And people wake up, go right to the kitchen, drink that coffee because they're like, I don't like the way I feel. Now, there might be a caffeine addiction at that point you might have to deal with. But, but the point is, do you give yourself enough time in the morning to deal with your stuff or do you just jump right into the day and, and start bouncing around like a pinball, bouncing off everything around you, rather than waking up, making sure that you're at that place of peace. In other words, the kingdom bearing fruit within you, righteousness, peace, and joy. You know that you're accepted of the Father. You know that the Spirit of God is alive within you today, and there is enough grace to empower you to choose life and not death, to choose holiness and not sin. And that's going to be your power. That's going to be the wind in your sails to compel you out of bed. Or do you wake up and it's like, oh, I got so much going on. I got all this debt. I got this relationship. I got this thing going on. No, no, no. You know, is the first thing that you think about Jesus or is it your situation? And then maybe a couple of hours later, you're like, oh, yeah, that Jesus guy. Let me get him to show up in this situation, you know. <laughs> And I'm not talking about behavior modification. You know, I'm not saying you're going to get something by doing something. But the truth is, we labor to enter into the rest. The labor that we do is the, to discipline our minds and our hearts to be focused in faith toward God. 
See, because grace is automatic. In other words, when you are in faith toward God, grace is active. It's not like it's not active sometimes. It's just, are you constricting it? Are you limiting what it can do? through the fear and the worry and the guilt and the shame and the anger and the strife and the this and the that and, you know, I got enough money so I'm good or I don't have enough money so I'm not good and, man, we worry about money way too much. What would your life be like if you just quit worrying about money? I mean, seriously. What good's it doing you anyway to worry about it? All you're doing is sending a message back to your heart that you're in lack. And so you're going to see the world through a lens of lack. It's going to cause you to make these choices consistent with what you're feeling, even if it's not even true. That's why, like millionaires, billionaires, they just think differently. They don't even think about money. It's just like, we're just going to go in this direction. How much is it going to cost? It's like, it's just a resource. That's what I think God wants money to be for you, is a resource that He gives you that frees up your time and pays your bills so that you can follow Him. Not something that you trade sweat for money, you know. I'm not saying, don't, I'm not saying quit your job, but... But do you really take the time to let your stuff rise up so that you can look at it and replace it with the truth to the degree that you feel that naturally? This is when transformation happens. When the Word of God bears fruit in your heart, when faith is the evidence of what you're not seeing, rather than your faith being... See, because faith works both ways. You're getting the object of your faith. Faith means to think to be true. So what are you thinking to be true? What do you think is true of you? That's what you're going to get. Everybody okay? Yeah. I'm telling you, this will be freeing for you. And you know, you guys know this stuff. But we don't, we don't live a, a disciplined life to be in faith toward God. We just kind of, he's like a, he's like a, you know, a, a footnote in our lives. Or maybe we're just really excited that we don't have to perform for him anymore, that we're out of legalism and we actually believe God loves us. But, you know, it, there's, there's, a, there's a progress past that. Not that you become more righteous, not that you become more holy or more spiritual, but more mature. I did a study one time on maturity in the Bible, and it wasn't the, the main factor of the, that marked how mature people were in the Lord was how much peace they had. I mean, if you are, if nothing bothers you, nothing worries you, nothing can get under your skin, the enemy shows up in the night and starts lying to you and you're like, eh, I don't care if I die. You're not afraid of death even. Man, you're one solid dude. <laughs> you are one mature Christian. So, the reason we want to do this is because those very things that you won't let yourself feel and you won't let yourself see are the very things that are keeping you locked into a carnal mindset because the areas that you have worry and fear are the areas that you're trying to 
make it happen in your own strength. The areas that you have worry and fear are the areas that you have taken control over and are trying to do in this world in your own strength, in the flesh. In the flesh meaning my self-righteousness. I can do this, God. I got this one. Or, you know, you, you don't realize how close, how close that seed is to bearing fruit in your life and manifesting and being right there. You know, I wish we had language to describe that, that other than manifest. You know, manifest is, we think of manifest as like some, there's nothing and then there's something. It's like, no, there's growth. It's spiritual. We have to realize that spirit is substance. You know, if you could put spirit under a microscope, it would be life. Whatever life is, whatever that essence of spirit is, it's, it's here. It's, it's there. It's in you. The Spirit of God is constantly giving it to you. And, 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 it, and, and it's not that it appears, but it just it changes you. It transform you, transforms you. The Spirit of God is alive and active and seeking to work within your heart so that you see the world through His eyes. And when you do, faith is the evidence Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, your faith should be proof to you that you already have what you think you don't have. Your faith is the proof that you have it. The fact that you have faith in your heart already for whatever it is that you're standing on is proof that you already have it. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. But what we do is we look to this world for our evidence. You're using your faith for the evidence. My faith is I don't have this. I, look, it's not here. I don't see it. Well, you just found your evidence. And that's what you're going to get. That's what you're expecting. Hope is confident expectation. Some of you are very confident in expecting bad things. <laughs> I, I'm pretty convinced that manifestation is one of those revelation things. It's like the gospel, right? It's like realizing that you're not under legalism anymore, but you're under grace. It's like realizing that you're accepted because of what he did and not what you did. You can tell somebody that, but until there's a revelation in their own heart, and I don't mean that God decides to give it to them, but for whatever reason their heart can connect to it and, and understand the gospel, I think manifestation is like that. Because I've tried and tried and tried and prayed and prayed and asked God, help me find the language to describe what manifestation is. And he's like, can't teach it. It's, you an have to, it's an experience. You have to connect to it. You have to allow the Spirit of God to teach you. Because he's a teacher. So that brings us to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> when you take the time to get quiet and not, not praying, telling God what you need. He already knows what you need. Not trying to, you know, pray. You're not, not doing anything, but just sit, become aware of God, and let whatever is in you rise up and pay attention. And when you begin to feel it, ask yourself, is this true? Is this fear true? Is this worry true? Is this anger true? Is this hesitate? You know, put a, put a label on it. And then find you a promise and 
place that in your mind and meditate on that to the degree that you begin to feel that more than the, the other thing that rose up. Because I'm telling you, there, there's a tipping point, there's a turning point, there's a moment of transformation that's effortless, that it just happens, you can't make it happen, you can't explain it even when it happens, you just notice that it happens. There was a testimony in the first service today, a guy said uh, he, he'd been, been taught New Covenant stuff about six or seven years ago, they left that church, They've been in another church since then that's mixed covenant, legalistic type stuff. They've been, they've been here for about five weeks. And he said now that he's been here, he's just, you know, hearing these messages and being excited to hear this type of stuff and just, and just thinking about it and, and driving around in the car. And he said he's actually been doing that, turning the car, turning the radio off and just thinking about it. That, that, it, that it's changing him. He's realizing there's, he's even realizing physical things in his body changing healing type stuff happening and what he's thinking on how he feels throughout the course of his day it's not because you know my prayer my messages are all that great and wonderful but it's just the byproduct of focusing on the Lord because it will transform you and see that's what we have to realize that's why I'm wrapping this thing up in an inheritance bubble is because you have to you don't you can't question whether or not God wants to provide for you it's in the will you can't question whether or not God wants you healed. It's in the will. God, you want this for me? Uh, yeah, I signed it in the blood of Jesus. It's for you now. It's an inheritance. You're going to receive it or not. You're going to live in it or not. And, the, and the, the, so the reason we're not, and, and again, there are many factors here. This is just one thing that we're dealing with today. But by and large, one of the biggest reasons we're not experiencing is because our hearts are hard, and the areas that our hearts are hard are those areas that you've got to deal with. Say, I'm going to deal with my stuff. Will you do that? Yes. So sit, let it rise up, look at it. I, I, I know it's scary, because some of you are like, well, I don't really want to deal with that. I remember when I, when I first got born again and I was trying to walk out my deliverance and, and be free from voices and fear and all that stuff, there'd be times where it's like, okay, I know that I'm saved, but man, this really feels real right now. And, and so I would just sit in it and, and there would be, I mean, fear to the point where I'd be shaking and, and, then I, would, and, and, and I would let myself feel it. And then wouldn't be long, just a few minutes, and it, and it would be gone. And then I began to recognize it's just an emotion. It's just a chemical reaction running through my body that if I just let that part run its course, then I'm left with the soulish part, and that's the belief. That's the focus. But what we do is we don't deal with that thing long enough to let the carnal aspect run its course and then be left with the belief itself. God's very smart. The Holy Spirit is the counselor. He will teach you how to deal with the stuff that comes up. I promise you He will. That's what He wants to do. He wants you to transform. He wants you to change. He wants you to experience His leading, His teaching. And see, so when He does this, it says that in John chapter 14, 15, 16, He kind of repeats it. But Jesus is teaching about the Holy Spirit. 
And he says, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Truth is the application of what's true. A lot of us get hung up on this because you, it's like, yeah, I believe it's true. I have faith in the prompt toward God that He's made me these promises. I think to be true. I think it's true that God wants this stuff for me. You've got the information, but truth is the heart application of what's true. So the Holy Spirit is the only one that can teach you how to apply spiritual truths and walk those things out. People can give you some information and direction and counseling and praise God for that. That's why we do this. You know, I don't for one second think that I'm actually teaching you anything. I'm just kind of cracking your heart open enough so that you're going to hear God because He's the one that's going to teach you. You're like, I'll say something and you're like, oh yeah. That's because you're then hearing from God behind that. So, <clears throat> truth is the application of what's true. So you have to have what's true in your mind and in your heart so that the Holy Spirit can teach you how to apply it. See, if you don't fill your heart and your mind with the Word of God and the expectations that, sit, that are legal within your inheritance, then when the Holy Spirit starts to speak and tell you, okay, now take this promise or take this principle and move this direction with it, you won't hear that because your mind and heart is full of the world not full of God's Word, full of God's promises, full of God's teaching. Your, your brain, even, physically, will only see what you're feeling. There, there's, a, there's a bundle of nerves in the back of your brain called the reticular activating system, and when you make a choice fueled by a belief, your, your, your perception narrows to only see that issue in everything. You know, it's like people that have been uh, betrayed somehow get in situations where they experience betrayal in every situation. Or even like, you know, you buy a new black pickup truck and next thing you know you're out on the road and it's like, my God, did everybody, black, everybody buy a black pickup truck? You know? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's bad. Yeah. You know, you, you begin to notice what you're focused on. Emotionally, you do that as well. And see, the problem, the, 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 it's good and bad. When it's fueled with carnal knowledge, it turns to life, I mean, it turns to death. But when your mind and heart are fueled with carnal knowledge, that's how you're going to interact with the world. You're going to look for options for the world to serve back to you the logic that you're working with. And you're going to make bad choices and you're going to think you're limited to your own strength and you're going to think, I'm never going to get over this. But if your hearts and your mind are full of God's, I mean, just, just one, it just takes one passage. You can wake up every day and quote, all things are possible for those who believe. Amen. And just say that. So what that's going to do is set your filter looking into the world as all things are possible. Your filter might be well, my mom had this, and my grandmother had this, and I'm starting to feel this. And every day, all day long, you, that's what you're noticing. Or, all things are possible. It, I mean, it's your choice. What you fill your mind and heart with will produce into this life. 
And the Spirit of God is there to teach you how to yield to Him and how to apply what it is that He's teaching you to do. And that's transformation. And, it, and it's only an invitation that can be cast out there. It's up to you. Are you going to take the time in intimacy with the Lord to let Him teach you and yield to Him and be transformed so that sin has no dominion over you, that fear has no power over you, that worry is, is a waste of your time? Because that's what, that's what He wants. He wants to transform you to the degree that you outwardly look just like Jesus because you already do inwardly. Did this help you? Are you going to do it? I mean, seriously. You, you may define, you may have to tell everybody in your home, all right, this week we're going to give each other space so we can go sit and be quiet and see what happens. It's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of risky. I realize it. Because stuff might come up that you really worked really hard at stuffing for quite a while. It's like, wait a minute. I'd rather you just tell me that God loves me and let's go home. No. <laughs> it's time to say, I'm going to deal with my stuff. Because it's holding you back. It's keeping you locked in a carnal mindset and it's killing you. And you're free already. Don't you want to experience it? The gate, the, the, the door is open. It's time to walk through it. This is just one way to do it. God may teach you and show you something else that works for you this week. But I, I feel this is going to be... This, this is, I felt very, very strongly that God wanted to just kind of impress on our hearts and minds this week that we actually can change. And not just where you've, put in, you've, you've gotten good at managing that stuff and it doesn't really bother you anymore, but where it's gone. You know what I'm talking about? Have you experienced things like that? I mean, you know, it's like you have these personal experiences and, and we think that, like, it's so personal nobody else has ever had them. And then you talk about it with other people. You can't really quite put it into words. You can change. Life can be different for the better for you to experience righteousness peace and joy to bring glory to God because the kingdom of heaven is within you you don't have to struggle with that stuff you don't you don't have to self-medicate you don't have to look to a worldly option to try to connect to a spiritual promise it just won't work let it go deal with it Amen. 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 You gonna do your stuff, <laughs> Father? I thank you. Thank you that you've made us righteous in your blood, Jesus. Thank you for the plan of salvation. I thank you that we are sanctified by the offering of your body. We're cleansed and made righteous by your blood. We're sealed by your spirit. We are adopted into your family. We are complete in you. You are for us and not against us. You have delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into your kingdom. And your kingdom is in us in fullness because Christ dwells within us. 
that is going to be our compass. That's going to be our north star that we follow. And as we do, and just, just take a minute here, and give yourself permission to let stuff come up this week, just those emotions come up, and then find a truth in the Word of God and meditate on that to the degree that you feel that rather than whatever that icky thing is that comes up. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are teaching us how to do that. You are teaching us how to hear and apply truth so that we experience transformation.